Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake Podcast. Today, I have Katie Bramlett here from We Shape. I'm excited to have her as a guest. I feel like we have a lot to talk about, and I think we're really going to talk about this idea of breaking up with toxic weight loss culture. And we'll get into exactly what that means, but just being on the internet for so long myself, I have just seen some crazy stuff out there, and I think this is going to be a really great conversation. But anyways, Katie, welcome to the Carrots and Cake podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to get into this with you. So do you want to kick things off and just give us a little backstory about who you are, what you do, maybe a little info about We Shape? We can talk about that more too. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm a co-founder of a company called We Shape. We launched about 20 months ago. Uh, Before this company, my co-founder and I ran a digital fitness company that was basically a, a company that sold, you know, at home workout products and diets and cookbooks. And we were very successful with that company. We had made the Inc. 500 three times. We had scaled that company. We're growing our team and everything looked great, but everything didn't feel great <laughs> for me. And I really kept trying to talk myself into this life I had created and I just couldn't do it. And, um, I went to my co-founder, my partner, and I said, I want to just share that, like, I know that this feels really good and we're getting a lot of validation for our experience, but I don't love the brand. I don't really love what we're selling. I don't, you know, I want to, I want to reach people in a more meaningful way. And part of that uh, story that I was kind of starting to unfold came from this idea that we were really a body transformation company. So we were really trying to get people to make huge changes in their life to create a body transformation. And, and we did that for thousands of people. But the outcome was basically the same every time. It was either short-term happiness and contentment and acceptance, mm-hmm. um, or it was never, there was never happiness or content. So I was like, wait a minute, like we're doing this and we're quote unquote helping people, but are we really helping people? And that's when we decided to completely steer the ship and say, we're actually not going to run that company anymore. We kind of started taking the philosophy of if I were to provide somebody a fitness product, what would benefit the human body, the human mind, the, the greater social structure that we're a part of? Like, what are the things that we actually need? Let's start there and then let's form the business part of it second. Not to say, you know, sometimes I go on entrepreneurial podcasts and I feel like that triggers people. I'm like, no, no, no. The business part is important. I need to be able to, you know, mm-hmm. pay the team. I need to be able to, you know, we have to operate the company. But what would happen if I made decisions from the lens of, what is actually best for someone physically and psychologically? And when we started to look through that lens, everything changed. And we essentially, we don't sell those products anymore. We don't even, we, we don't, we don't have that business. Um, so We Shape is a startup company. We have self-funded. Uh, we have taken some investors, uh, but essentially we're an at-home, real-time, scalable fitness product. It's a mouthful. But basically what we're doing is we're trying to get people to understand the difference between movement and exercise. Mm -hmm. And the analogy that I've been using lately that I think is resonating more is this idea of if you're 75 years old 
and you got to rewind and pick path A or path B. Path A being, I'm going to do a ton of cardio. I'm going to watch my calories. I'm going to look at the scale. I'm going to sweat till I puke. Or path B, I'm going to I'm gonna focus on an exercise program that is rooted in balance, coordination, flexibility, strength, and feeling good in my body. Like I would, I would probably guess most 75-year-olds would pick path B. But our culture and our society that we live in says, focus on that scale, focus on how you look, focus on this, focus on that. And I'm kind of trying to bring a little bit more truth to that. I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think it really serves the human body or the human mind. And so we shape is is paving a new path. Mm-hmm. I love this. It's a long that. way to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was perfect. And this is a big thing for me too. And I mean, we could totally take this in the business direction, but I think my audience would appreciate the toxic diet culture more. But I just love that there's, you know, a lot of integrity behind what you do. And I mean, that's a big thing for me at Carrots and Cake, just with my personal experience. But yeah, we want to help people, but we want to make sure we're focusing on the right things to get them the best result. And, you know, just how you mentioned, you know, there are things in, I don't know, maybe I spend a lot of time on Instagram, but there's just like a lot of focus on the scale and how you look and how many calories you're consuming. And these things, sure, they play a part in all of this and our goals and our life. But like, ultimately, I do think there are other things that are a little bit more <laughs> important. Um, so do you want to give a few more details on just maybe like how like we shape is different or like some of those things that like you really pull out that are like the big the big things as far as like getting results for your clients and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I want to, I think I would have to have a conversation when somebody comes in and say, well, what does results mean to you? Mm -hmm. And Are the results you're trying to get today different than the ones that you tried to get in the past? And if they're the same work out for you, right? So I spoke a little bit to the physical side. So basically our, we're, we're trying to redefine a standard for fitness um, you could go to a personal trainer. I could go to a personal trainer and we could have vastly different experiences. Your personal trainer could have a doctorate degree in physical therapy and know how the human body functions. Mine could have just completed a 16 hour course over the weekend. There's mm-hmm. no industry standard for what we consider to be high quality exercise. So we're trying to kind of say, no, no, we need to develop a standard. So like we have a physical therapist who has approved our product. He's like, I can send clients to you from my practice once they've been discharged and they can safely use your product because you're focusing on movement quality. You're focusing on functional movement patterns. And so that's kind of how we're doing it on the fitness side as we're really kind of shift the focus from this like obsessive cardio culture to like, how do you feel? How do you move? Um, that is what really matters in the long run anyway. And there's a lot of misinformation around, well, if I focus on that, then I'm not getting a good workout. And I, and I actually just tell people go do three or four of our workouts and they always come back and they go, okay, I didn't, I didn't know. It's fine. It's, it's just that it's, we've been trained to believe that unless we're on the Stairmaster burning 300 calories and sweating profusely that we're not doing something. And we're trying to turn that upside down and say, no, actually, that's not really functional fitness. Now, don't get me wrong. If somebody enjoys that, I'm not going to tell someone not to move their body. But I also think that we need to be focusing on this movement versus exercise philosophy a lot more. So many of our clients wish they would have done this 30 years ago. It's not really a matter of like if someone's going to be in pain. This is the human experience. This is, our bodies are kind of meant to kind of go that direction. It's a matter of when. 
And so are you going to do something about it now or are you going to do something about it later? And so we're hoping that people can start shifting from this 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 culture, this belief that that going on a run or doing these other things are are, are actually helping your body. Maybe in the short term they are. Um, but in the long term, we believe that there's maybe a, a different path and a different perspective. On the mindset side, I like to use um, that same analogy, right? If you're 75 years old and you got to look back on your life and make go down path A or path B, path A being like, I'm going to participate in a program that determines my worth and my value by a number on the scale. So I think that is sort of path A is the ever always changing, right? You know, sometimes, you know, in the nineties, you should be under a hundred pounds today. It's like, do you have Kurt like that? No, that's always changing. So that validation is, is, is based on what's happening in our society and what's trendy. Or would you pick a program or, a you know, work with a group of people that are focused on helping cultivate an internal sense of worth? So that is a fixed, that is a fixed thing that we're working on. So on the psychological side, we're trying to get people to understand that many of us, especially people who identify as female, have historically been um, put in a position to define their worth and their value in this life by their physical appearance, um, by the number on a scale, by the size of their pants, by how close they can get to the person, the, the body that they see on the cover of the magazine or on social media. And we're trying to help people understand that that's that's not really a long term. Uh, that's really not going to bring long term fulfillment and self acceptance because first of all, that standard always changes, and second of all, when we're looking outside of ourselves in general for things to to make us feel good, we're relying on that thing, and we don't get. And it's like we're trying to give people that power back to say. Uh, my worth is not defined by the scale. So we don't have people weigh themselves. They can if they want. It, it, it's up to them. We're really trying to encourage people, though, to maybe shift shift some beliefs, shift some perspectives and try a new way. And I will say, like, sometimes we run these 30-day feel-good challenges where it's like we're measuring things like pain, sleep, um, energy level, self-confidence. Those are the metrics that we're looking at. Those are the things we're tracking. And I'll tell you, I I had this one woman come in one time. She was in her 70s. And after the 30 days, she came on a Zoom call because we host these calls. And she said, you know, I came here to to really, I thought like maybe lose weight or, 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 or you know, whatever, have a body composition shift. But here's what actually happened to me. Um, today, when I look in the mirror, I see a different person. When I used to look in the mirror, I used to hear, you're not good enough need to lose weight. Why are you eating that way? Why are you doing this? And I realized through your program that those were not even my voices. Those were the voices of other, my sister, my mom, the culture I live in. And after I have you know, been a part of this concept, this idea, this company, I've been able to realize that I don't actually have to listen to those voices. And I get to actually have my own internal dialogue around what's most important to me. And, you know, of course, I want to provide people an incredible workout product so they feel good. But I think an even bigger goal I have is for people to come into our community and feel a deeper sense of worth that does not come from all those other places. Yes, 100%. And that's something that we celebrate over here at Carrots and Cake all the time. And I really am trying to get my messaging correct on celebrating these kind of like non-scale victories. You know, it's not about mm -hmm. the number on the scale. It's not about the size pants that you 
or where. Um, it's really about some of these other things that are really the things that make us happy and make us feel good and everything. And kind of along that same vein. So I feel like, especially with like diet culture and whatnot, there is so much misinformation about there. Like more is better. More cardio is how you lose weight. And I I do think things are starting to shift, but it happens all the time. Like a woman will come to me on Instagram or maybe a client will say this, but they'll see something, you know, on Instagram or social media somewhere and they want to try it. And they're really questioning like, is it right for them? Or is this something that they should do? Do you have any insight into that? Because I feel like I get these questions a lot from people where they don't know how to approach something new, even like the type of foods that they're eating. You know what I mean? So like any advice for helping somebody navigate those type of questions or what they see on social media? Oh, it's, that's a, yeah, that's a layered question. Yes, um, for sure. I think, I, I think that you know, we used to have like really strict prescriptive diets and we would be like, the science says this. And to be honest with you, I I'm rebelling against that quite a bit now. It's like uh, the perfect example of this is like I met with someone a while ago and they were like, this is why this is the science behind plant based nutrition, blah, 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 blah. Then I went to dinner with another friend. I, I discovered this doctor and the science as to why vegetables are toxic for you. And we, and I and I'm like, this is chaos. Like I, I just like can't anymore. Like I just, I'm, I'm exhausted. I've been, I've been Im- like embedded in the alternative health space for a long time now. And in a, in a lot of ways, I'm really exhausted by it. And not because I don't believe that like what people eat can help them feel good or, or you know, have energy. I'm not saying that like we should throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I think just my focus and my intention has shifted. I don't really give my energy to a lot of those things anymore um, because, well, one, I, I and I don't want to like say people shouldn't give their energy. But I understand that people are struggling with like chronic illness. And sometimes we have to focus on those things. Like my daughter, for instance, she has like really significant reactions with certain types of things that she eats like red dye and like various things. And I like can't ignore that. But I think what needs to shift is not that we shouldn't be mindful about what we're putting in our body. But I think that if we have, if we shift the focus first to, I just want to get curious about how I can connect with myself in a more meaningful way and learn about myself from a deeper place and be open to the idea that I have been maybe living my life towards other people's diets, to other people's prescriptive exercise plans, to other people's ideals And I wonder what it looks like to live by my own. And I think that that question alone can just like, I don't think you have to do anything. I think just being open enough to ask that question. um, I started asking that question about three years ago. And around that time, I was like at the peak of my, this is all I eat and I'm paleo and I don't eat any refined. Like it was like, when I look back, I'm like, oh my God, the amount of energy and time I used to put into that. And I don't really do that anymore. And um, I am fortunate my body has has responded well to kind of just like, do you feel hungry? Do what do you like? I do a lot more now of like, what do you need? Do you need quick energy? Do you need like something that's going to give you fast fuel? Do you need more like, are you like hungry? Do you need like a, a, a meal with like a lot of protein? Like, I'm a little bit more of like on, I guess they would call it the intuitive eating path. And I know that's kind of gray and like, but it it didn't like, it wasn't like a plan I followed. What I did was I started saying, 
I kind of can't subscribe to all this mess anymore. I'm exhausted. And I just want to get curious about going a completely different direction with a different intention that's rooted in, I feel like I've been taken away from myself my whole life. And how do I get back to her? How do I come home? And once I opened that, once I became curious and opened that door, then these things just, it's like, we think we have to try and just will our way. And it's so, it's like, just that question alone has completely changed my life. Like how much am I living for me and how much am I living for somebody else's ideal of me has completely shifted. So I know that's not like a black and white answer, (laughs) but I feel like we, we, we just want the quick fix. It's like, if I eat this, then I'll feel better. And then my life will be good. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't know that that's true. Yeah. And I think you make a good point there about just like the quick fixes, because this idea of, you know, listening to your body and being intuitive and all that, it is kind of like vague and overwhelming. So at Carrots and Cake, we use macros with some of our clients and sometimes macros can get like a really bad rap. It just how you use them, how you might abuse them and whatnot. But for somebody who's like, I have no idea how to listen to my body. I don't even know where to begin. A lot of times I do think it's slowing down, but do you think tools like macros or um, other ways to like track your food or just slow down more um, can be helpful for people? Or do you have any advice for somebody that's like, I don't even know how to listen to my body. I've been doing diets my whole life. You know, I think, well, first of all, to say it, we shape, we have many different types of people who come in and our, our, our rooted philosophy is we just don't hold judgment. So Mm -hmm. while we say like bail on your scale and like, we're kind of, you know, picking up with toxic weight loss culture. If somebody came to me and said, I I'm doing this, that we still want to offer acceptance and, and no judgment. But I think that one of the things that one of the exercises that we have people do when they come in is we say, why are you here? And a lot of times people will start with the weight loss and then we say, okay, ask why you're doing the weight loss. Okay. And then they might come up with, because I want to fit in these, like, and we actually ask them to ask that why question, like keep going like three or yeah. four or five times. I do that and with my here's clients. the thing. Yeah. It always, it usually comes down if they go far enough, <laughs> it usually comes down to, I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. I want someone to see me for who I am. I want to fit in. I want validation. And if that is the root, then I can promise you no diet plan or exercise. It, it, that That's a different path. That's not even the same conversation, right? And so, but as it pertains to, if someone is like, okay, I get that. And I'm going to, I want to connect with myself in a new way. And I want to understand that like that validation and that acceptance and that self-love comes from within. But I also want to have energy, Right then I think it's just about saying like, can I slow down? Can I connect with my food in a different way? Can I check in with myself and say, how do I feel? I mean, I don't know about you, but I I was raised in a family and in a culture that was like, okay, you matter, but after all these other people's needs are met, then you can, you know, it's like, I laugh sometimes because my original career was in child and adolescent development. And I had this huge like download one day where I was like, why did I even go into that major? Like, I'm like way like the person that I am today is way more like I should have gone into business or I should have gone into philosophy. Or I, why did I go into that? And I was like, oh, I was like primed to go into that. I didn't even know. I didn't even think about other options. Right. Like I was so primed to go. And I don't have any regrets about it. I actually had a great experience. But 
it's like I was so primed to take care of other people that of course I went into that. That makes so much sense. And so a lot of us do that. We are so primed to make sure that we have everybody else's needs met, that we literally don't even know how to ask ourselves, what do I need right now? So this very long answer to your very short question is maybe people can start with, what do I need in this moment? What and 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 here's the thing. You might think you need something and then you do that and you're like, oh, that's not what I needed. That's okay. This is like a new behavior that I still do this all the time where I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know what I need. I'm like, that's okay. You spent 30, you know, 38 years that question. You're not going to know the answer on day one. It's like building muscle. It's like it takes practice, it takes repetition. And so I would say the first step is like getting curious with why you want to lose that weight, getting curious with why you want your body to look a certain weight. And most of the answers that I have discovered from our community is people want to know that they're worth it. People want to know that they're valued and accepted. And I often share this story of when I went to, I I went to this one therapist for many years. She was incredible. She really adhered to my data-driven brain. And at some point I realized you need another therapist. Like you have to move to a new new person now because this person is amazing, but she's not getting, she's not making you uncomfortable. And I went, oh no. (laughs) So I found this other woman and her whole thing was like inner child work. And I was like, oh, this woman makes me feel so uncomfortable, but I'm going to go there. I'm just going to try it. And I went and like, after like six months, I remember one day she said to me, I just want to check in with you about something because I'm not sure you know this. And I said, what? And she said, do you know that you don't have to do anything to have worth and value in this world? You don't have to be a good mom. You don't have to be the best wife. You don't have to run your business. You don't have to look a certain way. Like, do you know that? Like you inherently have that worth just by being alive. And I I still am dumbfounded by that concept. And that was a couple of years ago that she said that to me. And women especially are not trained to believe that. We are trained that our worth and value come from how we look, how we show up for other people. And I just want to give people permission to say, what does it look like to show up for me? And when we go down that path and we have that intention, all of these other questions somehow get answered and I don't know how. (laughs) And it's not overnight. It's practice, it's patience, it's grace, it's self-kindness. It's, yeah, I I don't know what I want. I'm trying to figure that out. Oh, I needed sleep. Okay, didn't know that. Okay, oh, I was hungry. Didn't know that cue, right? Mm-hmm. So it's about being patient and giving it a try. And I just think that if you're willing to go there, over time, you start to be able to to know that voice of you and and not mistake it for voice of other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And- I can relate to so much of what you said. I think my therapist literally told me the exact same thing. Are you an Enneagram three? Have you ever done that test? I'm a one. Oh, all right. I could I could see that as well. My husband's a one. But anyways, um, I do think like normalizing this idea of like not knowing or, you know, almost like being a beginner too, because I think women just put so many expectations on themselves to do things perfectly all the time. I mean, I'm a reformed type A perfectionist, kind of like a B plus now, but we work with a lot of women. It's probably like the type of people I attract to, but very like 
type A, got to hit my macros, got to hit my 10,000 steps a day. If I miss a workout, I'm a failure. I'm so lazy, like a lot of these ideas. So for somebody who is dealing with this idea of like perfectionism, there's like a lot of shame that's like roped up into all that. Like, do you have any advice for these people? Like how to approach, you know, fitness differently or something like that? I mean, I'm very much was the overtrainer. I have endless content, overtraining syndrome, things like that. But so much of that is the mindset behind it. Um, But I don't know if you've ever experienced this, like working with clients or these people that are like, I have to work out five, six, seven days a week if I want to see results when really a lot of times I think less is more. (laughs) Well, yeah, the again, people are always surprised when they come in and they're like, well, how many workouts should I do? And I was like, I don't know. Like, how does your, I can't predict the future. Like how, what if you didn't sleep one night? What if you, you know, it's like, we are not robots. Mm -hmm. We are human beings. And so I used to be the exact same way. And it's just, it just depends. Like what life do you want to live? Like I, I do try to fast forward and say like, when I look back, Will I be so incredibly proud of myself that I work it out five days a week? Or will I be satisfied that my energy and my time went towards connection, real connection with my kids, with my partner, with my close friends? Like the life that I used to live versus the life that I live today, which I'm really excited about the life I'm going to live in the future because I'm still on this path. But like the life that I used to live revolved around and it's I still these these patterns creep in. I have I'm in no way all the way out of this, but like. How many times are you exercising? What are the exact meals? What da, 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 da. Like, how many hours did you work? What did, like all those things. And today, I, I I've only made a couple steps forward. It's not like I have figured this out. I haven't cracked this code all the way. But it is such a different energy around what I give my time to. Like most of a lot of my time outside of you know running my business and stuff is. How do I just drop in and connect with my kids? How do I just drop in and go for a walk with a friend? How do I turn the TV off at nine instead of 11 and go read a book by myself in bed? Like these are, it's like, how do I just wrap myself in a blanket and hold myself in in this crazy chaotic world in a way that I have not before? And I can tell you that like, once you start to give yourself permission to do those things and then you embody what that feeling is, which is freedom and liberation, Like I am going on a trip with my friend um, at the end of September. We're going to be gone for for 10 days. Me, three years ago, oh my God, guilt. um, I'm a bad mom. I I shouldn't spend money on this. I would have a list of reasons. And when people look at me and they're like, oh my gosh, you're going away from here. I'm like, yes, I am. (laughs) Like I'm absolutely enjoying my life. Um, It's just such a different energy. And so- I guess the question I would ask those people and that I had to ask myself is, is this actually working? Are you content? Do you feel peace? Do you feel serenity? Do you feel self-acceptance? Do you feel love for yourself? Do you feel connected with the closest people in your life? And if the answer is yes, and you're great, then keep doing that. And if the answer is no, then unfortunately, something has to change if you want that. And so I would just ask that question, right? I, I think my biggest piece of advice for all of this is just get curious and get honest, right? Denial is so powerful. Well, I'm healthy. Well, I'm this. Well, I'm that. But are you deeply satisfied with self? Are you deeply content with self? And I don't know if people ever really get there, but I don't think that matters. That's just going back to that patterning again. of like, well, I have to make it perfect. It's more about, do you want to go down that path? And once you can just 
start asking those questions and and maybe evaluating things and, and shifting the perspective of, well, I need to work out five days a week too. I'm going to just see how I feel. And you get to embody what that experiment feels like. Often, in my opinion, that's enough kind of inspiration to keep going down that path. But it does take curiosity and it does take honesty and you have to be willing to experiment with it. But doing the exact same thing and expecting your life to feel different is never going to happen. So if you really want to get honest with yourself and say, like, I, I actually don't feel that like much contentment. I don't feel that, that much peace. I don't really value myself in the way that I hope to. Well, then let's let's talk about that and let's figure out something. You know, we're all a lot of women fit into that because we are all raised in a culture that says this is the way, the way you should go. But I often have curiosity if that was the way that was best for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 100%. And I mean, so I'm listening to all this right now and amazing advice, but for somebody that's like feeling like a little overwhelmed about all like all these emotions, <laughs> like, you know, figuring out where to go with all of this, like, do you have any like resources as far as like what to do? Cause I'm thinking very like tactically, like, should I journal this out? Should I hire a therapist? Should I hire a coach? Um, but for somebody that's like, I think I need a little help with this. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I sometimes just struggle giving blanket advice because I do yeah. feel like everyone is just so different, but I hear what you're saying when I when you feel like overwhelmed. So, um I had a mentor one time who was very into journaling. And she would say things like just get a journal out and just write like I want, I want, I want, I want. And just keep going until like you feel like you can't go anymore and just like see if there's alignment with your life. Like you want these things. Do you have these things in your life? Um, And so journaling, I think, can be really helpful. Um, Getting a pen and paper out, I think, can help you slow down and connect with yourself in a more meaningful way. Um, I definitely recommend therapy, although I do think uh, picking a therapist that's targeting the area that you feel the most stuck in. Like there are so many incredible therapists out there. There's also some therapists that aren't incredible. And I think figuring out a way to find a therapist that's actually going to help you make a change because especially with cognitive behavioral therapy, most of the therapists that I've ever worked with, their job is to kind of validate your experience and wait for you to come to your own conclusion about the change that you want to have. I haven't met too many therapists who are like, no, (laughs) no. So, um, I I do cognitive behavioral therapy, so I don't want to say that I don't think that's a path, but I think you have to have a lot of self-awareness and mindfulness mindfulness around what's your intention behind that and how do you stay on course? Like sometimes I come in and I tell my therapist, this is what I need to work on and I need your accountability here and I'm directing that. Um, the other thing that I have felt to be very helpful is like t- any type of somatic body work. Mm-hmm. Because I think our culture, especially women that in this category that you're saying with perfection, we're, we're in our minds so much and we're completely disconnected from our body. And I've done a number of somatic type body work over the last three years. And that has allowed my nervous system to shift and create more physical safety so that I felt like I could take a risk or I felt like I could try thinking about something differently. Right. So, um, I did a specific type of practice that was called that I actually still do it. It's called network spinal analysis. They're usually chiropractors, but they don't do any manual adjustments. It's more like energetic work in your body. And 
I, it was like the first practice that I did where I didn't know any of the science behind it. And I didn't even really ask. I just sort of based how I felt about it on my experience. And it was pretty life-changing. And um, I remember after I had done a number of sessions, I came back to this woman and I said, I had a really weird dream last night. I said, I went to the health food store and the health food store that I go, I went to go buy a razor and the health food store that I go to has like two razor choices. And I remember going in to buy the razor and there was like a thousand different razors. And I was like shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know there were some razors. And she said to me, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're getting your nervous system to regulate and calm down so that you're not acting out of safety, out of fight or flight. Because when you're acting from safety or fight or flight, there, you don't get a thousand choices. You don't have time for a thousand choices. You have time for two. But when your nervous system is relaxed and we can re sort of reestablish those pathways, you can you can sink in and you can go, oh, life has thousands of choices. I was just thought there was only two. So yeah, any type of nervous system work or somatic work or intentional cognitive behavioral therapy or journaling, all of these things I think are steps towards getting you down a path that's a deeper connection with what you need and what you want in this life. Hmm, that sounds super interesting. I just wrote that down <laughs> so I can Google it. It's it, it was it was pretty it was pretty life changing to be honest with you. That one for me anyway, and it could be different for somebody else, but it was for me. No, I love all that stuff. I tried biotuning once. Again, it was one of those things that I was like, really, what is up with this? Didn't really know any of the science behind it. And same thing, had some pretty good results from it as far as like energy work and whatnot. So I just think there's so many things out there that could help people. And I just think we just don't know about them all. So I'm always happy when people sh like share new things that people could try, especially with like the nervous system and whatnot. Um, so before we wrap up, I wanted to highlight, um, we shape a little bit more. And so one of the first things you said in the beginning was, you know, changing the thinking around movement versus exercise. And just from working with, you know, all different clients and everything. What do you think has been like the biggest changes that you've seen from women as far as really like shifting their relationship with exercise? Um, I've seen a lot of people come in and go, oh, I thought I had to do a lot more mm -hmm. in order to feel like I was doing it the right way. Or I thought I had to do this. I didn't realize I could do this. <laughs> like I thought I had to do excessive amounts of cardio in order to feel good. And I'm not saying like a good run or a good bike. I'm not saying don't do those things. But I think we've been led down a path that has said those are the things that make you feel good in your body. And we're saying no, like functional movements, like learning how to properly squat, learning how to properly press or push. Like those are functional movement patterns that will serve us. And I think that a lot of the people who have come in have thought that those things, oh, those those won't really make me feel like I got a good workout. Or So I think people have just been really surprised with how frequently they have it and um, also what they actually have to do to, to feel good in their body. It's not as much as people think. Yeah, for sure. And I just wanted to highlight that because I do feel like it's a, a huge misconception. I can't tell you how many women come to us working out six days a week, Peloton, Orange Theory, their cortisol's through the roof. They can't lose weight. They can't sleep. Their cravings are all over the place. They're, you know, snapping at their kids all the time. And I just want to be like, it's the amount of exercise you're doing. But I feel like you can't really figure it out until you figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Um, so any advice there? Because I, I personally, it took me years to not exercise as much as I used to. But, you know, we just have these conversations with women, but I do think it's almost like an element of trust. You know what I mean? Like they don't trust 
their bodies or they don't trust that it can actually work. But anything just to like help some of these ladies get past that mindset that, you know, you just have to do so much exercise to get results. I mean, again, I just have to always go back to that question. Like, how is that working for you? Mm -hmm. Are you happy with that plan? Like, are you exhausted? So like if someone's coming to me and they're like, I'm snapping at my kids, I'm exhausted. I'm not like, okay, so then we are you willing to change that? Are you willing to try something? So just giving it like an experiment and saying for 30 days, I'm actually just going to work out three days a week. Or I um, maybe when I'm on my menstrual cycle, I'm not going to work out or I'm just going to do some stretching or, um, you know, I started telling my family, ooh, when I'm on my menstrual cycle, guess what? Uh, we're not going to go anywhere the first two days. If you want to go somewhere, your dad can take you. Like, what if I just gave my, I, I, you know what it is? I feel like if we could give women permission to rest more. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, go sit in the sun with a book. Like, uh, put on some music. Like, women just do not stop. I, I am so guilty of this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just being willing to have an intention of trying something different and seeing how it goes. And then I think the biggest thing that creates change for people is a feeling, an embodied experience. So if I say I'm going to experiment and I'm not going to work out five days a week for a month and I'm going to just do, you know, two or three days a week. And also I'm going to have like a half day on the weekend where my only intention is to sit around and rest. And I'm just going to try it for a month. If you do that, and then you embody a feeling of ease and peace and all the things that you wanted from the beginning, that in itself, in my opinion, goes, oh, I remember how I felt when I did that. And that brings us down a path. I think that this idea of, we'll just do more cardio or just work out more. Or just It's like, that's not even really giving us what we want. <laughs> it's like, it's really not. So I think just that openness to trying an experiment and knowing that you can always go back to working out seven days a week if you want, but what would happen if we just tried it for a month? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm glad you said that. I just feel like we need more people saying this is that it's okay to rest. It's okay to take a rest day or a few rest days. And that, you know, if you take some time off from exercise, you're not going to lose all the progress you've made or, you know, gain 10 pounds overnight. Like it's, it's okay to and trust your body. You know what the hardest part about that experiment is? It's not the actual experiment because it's freaking liberating to say, I'm not doing that today. And I'm going to sit outside in the lawn chair with a book for three mm-hmm. hours, right? When my kids are running around screaming and I'm actually not retaining any of the book, but it doesn't matter. It's the, the, the thought that counts, right? It, it's it's not that. It's your concern for what other people think of that, right? Especially if you are the type A person who never did that. Now you have attached yourself to an identity and a label of super mom. And so mm-hmm. you believe that about yourself. And now you've had other people believe that about you. So it's not even the experiment that's the difficult part. That's the freeing, liberating part. It's the thoughts about that experiment. It's the perception that you think of what other people are going to think about you. Like, oh, are you lazy? Because on Saturday you didn't do anything. No, I'm free. (laughs) I'm free. I'm not in jail anymore. I'm not in go, 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 get through my life as fast as possible prison anymore. I'm out of that. And, um, but the hardest part is I remember when I started doing this, like, oh no, like, I'm curious what my husband thinks. I'm just, he's like over there scrubbing the, he's cleaning out the basement and I'm over here in the sun. Like, I wonder what's going on in his mind. And you know what? Eventually I just, well, luckily he was like, I'm so glad to see you sitting down, but, um, it's not the experiment. It's our thoughts about the experiment that are the hardest part. 
Yep. Yep. You nailed it. That was, that was, that was amazing. Especially like that identity part, because I think that's the hardest part to like untangle. And then of course, like doing something different is going to be uncomfortable. I mean, I literally had that exact same experience, um, last weekend where my husband was like cleaning our guest room closet. He like took down all the shelves and like organized everything. And I was just sitting on the couch, <laughs> but it's hard. It's, Thank you for that. Yeah. It's <laughs> Really hard. hard. And you know what's so it's because we get attached to that identity. If I don't do that, then I'm not that person anymore. And if I'm not that person anymore, then am I really worthy and valuable? But the funny thing is, if you can push through that uncomfortable feeling, you know what people say to me now that haven't seen me in a while? You're different. Mm -hmm. Something's changed. You feel different. What's going on? We think that people are attached to that other identity of us. They don't really care that much. Mm -hmm. We care. But they don't really care that much. In fact, I've only gotten positive feedback since I yep. do less, right? Yep. And and so, yeah, it, it's really, they don't care as much as you think. It's okay yep. to not be that person anymore. It's In fact, if we collectively did this as women, <laughs> then society would, if we just said, we're not going to do that anymore, we're not, we're not going to play that role as much anymore. Like people have to adapt to that. We make all the people. Like mm-hmm. we have so much power in this world that we do not use. And I'm constantly telling other women, I'm like, let's come together because then if we reset the standard as a collective, like people will have to change, right? They they don't get a choice, but we have to come together to do it for that to happen. But in the meantime, I would just tell people, it's okay that it's uncomfortable. It's okay that you're you're think the thoughts are getting in the way of like, should I be doing this? What will people think of me? I thought I was type A. I'm supposed to be getting things done. That's okay. You can still do the experiment even with those thoughts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm yeah, I'm glad we're having this conversation because yeah, just like I was saying, like the type of people I attract. I was also very much that person, but I almost feel like you don't realize how much you're doing and how much you're spinning your wheels and how unhappy you are. Um, because now that I do less, I've had people in my life say, you seem so happy. You are different, like the exact same experience. And it was because I was just living in this state of just perpetual motion, doing all the things. And not that I was like so unhappy, you know what I mean? But like looking back at that period of time, I just put so much pressure and so much stress on myself. I just feel like I could never just relax. And it's just funny. It's taken years for me to actually relax, but I think it's a good conversation to have. And I think a lot of women don't realize that they're kind of wrapped up all in in all of this until it affects their health or affects their marriage or it affects their friendships or their sleep or whatever it is. So um, I do think think that this, this, these conversations are super important because all the things we were talking about in the beginning are like, I want more energy. I want this. I want that. It's all, this is the root of it. Totally. And I think that women have done a really good job of 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 gaining, you know, not a, not fully, but more equality in our in our society. But we've actually done this thing where we're like, now we're actually expected to have full blown careers and be caregivers. And what should have happened, in my opinion, is we should have said, we don't value the things that women do in our society, which is giving birth and raising children and 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 creating the the people in the world. We don't value that and we need to shift that value system. And then women should be given more freedom to do what they feel is best for them. Instead, we said we want to do the career thing too. And then we actually just doubled our expectations yep. of ourselves versus having more meaningful conversation around 
well, let's talk about division of labor. Let's talk about what we value. Like, why do CEOs make half a million dollars a year and teachers make 40K a year? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a value system, but we get to choose what that value system is, right? And so it's, 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 this is why this work is hard because it's, we're inundated in it. We're just enmeshed in these belief systems. And so, but one person at a time does have the power to step back and say, huh, I don't like that value system. I'm going to not participate in it in this way. And I think that those are the things that can really shift because now women are expected to do more than they've ever done. And um, I think that that conversation with partners, with with friends around how do we shift this? There's a there's an incredible book called Fair Play. Have you heard about this book? No, writing that down too. I forget her name. I'm so sorry. She has a deck and she has a book and it's like a, a playing deck. And it's like this whole concept around we don't value um, important things in our culture around like caregiving and education and all these different things. And then because we don't value them, we're just like, it's like this invisible work that a lot of women do. Mm-hmm. And um, and no one really recognizes it. No one really values it. And so her whole book is like predicated on this idea that like, how do we have these conversations with our partners? How do we shift the value system? How do, you know, I used to be afraid to tell people that my partner did a lot of parenting with me. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like they're going to think I'm a lazy mom. And now I'm like, well, I'm actually not going to be with this person if he doesn't value this work and doesn't participate. Like I'm not raising these kids by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, but that took time for me to be okay with that perspective. That didn't shift overnight, but I would highly recommend that book, Fair Play. It talks all about the division of labor in the home and how women can have start having these conversations in a kind and productive and collaborative way. Not in a like, I'm going to over-dominate you way, but in a like, hey, can we talk about this? This is affecting me deeply in my life. And these are the things, these are the roots. These are the things that I feel the most passionate about because I think that these are the things that evoke real change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, I have conversations with my husband all the time about this. And I just feel like if you have a good partner, <laughs> they're more than happy to help you out. And I don't think we should be doing every little thing. It just breeds like resentment. And we. I just feel like women, we just have so much on our plate. So I'm just, I'm glad you brought up so many of these points and topics here. <laughs> <laughs> these are the root things. It's not the scale, I promise. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. for sure. These are the things sure. that will shift how you feel in your life and in your body, for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, but anyways, before we wrap up, I definitely want to talk about, heard a rumor of a two-week trial for listeners. Oh, yes. Yes, we want to yes. talk about that a little bit. And then also, you know, where people can find you guys and all that good stuff. Well, we're on every social platform. We have two different social handles. We have at WeShape, which is all focused on movement-related stuff. And then we have at WeShape Podcast, where it's podcast clips from our podcast that are focusing on some of these deeper topics that we're talking about. Um, And then, yeah, I have a special link for your listeners where if they want to come check us out for two weeks for free, it's WeShape.com forward slash carrots and cake. And uh, they can just go to that link and get a two week free trial. So that means you can, you know, do the at home workouts. But I also we also have daily Zoom calls where we can come together in a community, talk about some of these things. So people make friends. We come in, we talk. They're just kind of support calls. We also have a couple calls a week with like one of um, we have a physical therapist who leads the call and then my co-founder, who's our head movement coach. And they're talking more about like, hey, my shoulder hurts. Can you help me? So more movement related stuff. But all that's included in the two week free trial. So come check us out. I actually lead um, the podcast discussion call every week. So I would love to see some of your community there. 
Yeah. Awesome. And thank you so much for that. I'll definitely include that link in the show notes. So check it out, sign up, try it out. Um, and thank you so much for being here. I, I love this conversation and it's an important one that, you know, we should all be having. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>